Welcome back to Beyond the Uniform. I'm Justin Nasiri, and my goal is to help members of the military community thrive in their post-service career and life. Today's episode number 415, Athlete Foundry with Casey Chipwadia. The gap between the have and have nots in youth athletics continues to grow and grow and grow. Um, you know, I've traveled America. I'm sure Justin, you've traveled. And, and you know, even if you just drive a couple states, we come across so many small towns in America and we see them and we say, how does, how do kids here have that, have an opportunity? How do they get a chance? And the answer is they really don't. Um, as, as much as we may want to think that is, you know, we're just driving by and we're saying, well, it's glad I'm not living here. Um, but that's not the attitude we want. And we really want to help level the playing field. Well, I really enjoyed my conversation with Casey. Uh, he overlapped his time in the military with his time at NASA, having over 20 years at each of those organizations. And although his childhood aspiration was to become an astronaut and he got to the final stages of that process, uh, he ended up starting a company called Athlete Foundry. And I love their mission because it's uh, aimed at helping children of any zip code, any background, fulfill their dream of becoming collegiate athletes. He makes such a great case for how athletics breed into us uh, discipline and all of the things that are necessary, not just to be great employees and, and founders, but also to be great citizens. And so by leveling the playing field, by making it clear what process people need to follow to become a collegiate athlete, he's helping hundreds of thousands of people across the United States. This is a great episode for those of you interested in entrepreneurship. It's just a great episode in general to see how someone is having having a positive impact on the world after their military service, and also hearing about his experience at NASA. As always, at beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find show notes with links to everything we discuss, as well as 414 other episodes just like this one. So with that, let's dive into my conversation with Casey. Joining me today in Austin, Texas, my guest is Casey Chipwadia. Casey, welcome to Beyond Uniform. Hey, thank you, Justin. It's a great, great privilege to be here. Well, I want to give listeners an abbreviated bio on Casey. He is the CEO and founder of Athlete Foundry. For the driven middle and high school student athlete, Athlete Foundry improves the odds of her achieving her dream to become a collegiate athlete, regardless of zip code, by providing a first-of-its-kind athletic and academic unified plan integrated with qualities collegiate coaches actually value so they can track, build, and communicate a better journey to collegiate athletics. Casey served for 20 years as a senior human spaceflight engineer at NASA Johnson Space Center, supporting over 50 space shuttle missions. He also served for over 20 years, both active and reserved, in the Navy as a surface warfare officer, including deployments to Iraq, looking for our missing in action, and Afghanistan with naval special warfare. So maybe just to give you a space, Casey, anything to add or amend to that bio? It's always humbling to hear yourself, of course, uh, and, and there's so many more things that I'm excited to do. Uh, I've had the privilege to do certainly throughout my uh, NASA Navy careers, but that's, that's uh, I think, a mouthful and we'll leave it there for now. <laughs> that's great. If we have time, we'll rewind the clock and kind of go to your transition from the military to NASA. But I, I actually want to start with Athlete Foundry. So maybe, you know, you bump into someone on the street who's a fav- fellow veteran and they're like, oh, Casey, what do you do for a living? How do you, how do you explain that? We provide uh, uh, parents and student athletes a 6th through 12th grade roadmap that lets them build what we call 
their most comprehensive athumademic resume, which is the three pillars we define every kid into, athletic, academic, and human, uh, to be more of a holistic nature of it, to do a couple of things, help their student-athlete increase their odds to be uh, to be a collegiate athlete. Uh, there's over 1,900 colleges with an athletic program in America. There's a spot free somewhere, I'm, I'm com- convinced. It's all about the mental game. Life success, I believe, is 80% mental. If you've made the commitment, I don't care what size you are, what mental, uh, uh, physical capacity, capability you have today. If you've made the commitment, there's a path for you somewhere if you put the work in. And ultimately, what Athlete Foundry is, is about helping prepare for life after sports. You know, we want to help you be productive citizens uh, when you enter society. So we're not about pro athletics, but really want to help your child be successful in, in whatever they want to achieve and dream and not wait until the last minute, which vast majority of college athletes do in last year of college and say, you know, it's ending in uh, in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. What do I do now? I never really thought about this. That's scary. And and we want to prevent that. That really, what that truly does, doesn't capitalize on that student athlete's real capacity and capability that they have. These are great kids and great humans that have tremendous discipline, work ethic, getting after an attitude. Why would you not want them to work for you as a company? But, you know, they need to help develop their passions beyond athletics. I love that. I like this focus on, you know, if I'm hearing correctly, it's about having people be productive members of society. And as a, you know, high school band member who is not in athletics, I, I look back longingly. I think I, I had a lot of judgment towards athletics at the time. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that that is exactly what you said. It gives you discipline. It gives you determination. It gives you drive. Everything that you want in a future citizen and a future worker, you can really cultivate, I think, in athletics in a way that's difficult to outside of that. And one of the things that drew me to what you're doing is I I really like in your company description where it's like regardless of zip code, because I'm just aware of, you know, depending on where you grow up, it may be more of a norm of these common things that you do to get ready for college. And if you live somewhere else, that might not be baked into your environment. And it makes such a difference. So I really like how you're trying to democratize this and let every kid have that ability to develop these traits through athletics. Absolutely, Justin. You, you nailed it. We can go on and talk for hours on just that topic of inequities because it, it is uh, well-documented. It's not just Athlete Foundry, Time Magazine, Sports Illustrated. Many, many magazines have documented that the gap between the have and have-nots in youth athletics continues to grow and grow and grow. You know, I've traveled America. I'm sure, Justin, you've traveled. And, and you know, as, even if you just drive a couple states, we come across so many small towns in America and we see them and we say, how does how do kids here have that have an opportunity? How do they get a chance? And the answer is they really don't. Um, as, as much as we may want to think that is, you know, we're just driving by and we're saying, oh, well, it's glad I'm not living here. But that's not the attitude we want. And we really want to help level the playing field. I know it's an old cliche, but we really do. Because quite frankly, Justin, no one has. I've talked to lots and lots of college coaches, lots and lots, hundreds of student athletes and parents in our years. And it is confirmed that there is no platform like ours, no platform that truly levels the playing field. An example I'll tell you is a couple of statistics. Uh, 80% of parents across America, 8-0, do not know the basic steps from 6th to 12th grade in college athletics. Just understanding those basic steps, 80% uh, don't. The vast majority of student athletes who actually uh, on a on a team, national average is about 7% who go on to college athletics, but the 93% of all these kids who don't go on, we've asked them, Half of them, imagine that, half of them raise their hand and say, if someone actually told me that it was possible, I would actually put my best foot forward and actually go make that happen. But I don't have a tool. I don't have help. 
I don't have resources. You know why, Justin? Because uh, as sad as it is, this is not a joke. I mean, we've been told from kids, coaches told them they're not good enough. The parents told them they may not good enough. Someone else told them they weren't good enough. They didn't think they had the ability or the capability, the resources. They don't have the money. All these bad reasons. They're bad reasons because at the end of the day, it's about self-perseverance and, and what is that grit you have in yourself uh, that I believe that we want to help empower that piece across genders, male and female, regardless of zip code. Because a kid in little town, Louisiana, for example, can be a number one player, have amazing stats, let's say, but a coach, college coach compares that kid to a kid in New York, LA, Houston, you know, Denver, and will and the kid who's average, let's say in New York, they'll pick that average kid all day long over that kid in Louisiana. Because the kid in Louisiana didn't have much competition and the coach says, yeah, I know it has great stats, but uh, it, that player just wasn't developed, et cetera. All these reasons that continue to disadvantage kids. And we, we're actually going to, we're going to, we're solving that. We're going to go solve that. I love that. My wife now, at the time, my girlfriend, she was working in inner city Oakland when we met for Teach for America. And I feel like that for me was this eye-opening experience of the, the first time in my life, and I was probably, you know, 30 at the time where I was like, oh, okay, if I had grown up in this zip code, 100% no chance that I'm at where I am today. Same ability, same drive, same everything. I didn't have the role models. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't have the dinnertime conversation about all of these things. Like, It's just very easy to take these things for granted and to kind of feel like, oh, I'm such a great person. But then I just started to realize like, oh, so much of that is a product that, you know, my high school, 97% went on to college. Like it was just, there was just a funnel for it. And that made a big difference. And so I, I love this approach that you're taking. What was the the genesis? Like, was there a moment where you had this idea? I'm, I'm guessing you were at NASA at the time. So I have this very unusual track. And I know as a fellow sailor here, you and I, uh, we go back and have these connections. I'll have to talk about that at some point. But uh, my usual track is I was actually direct commissioned to the Navy. So my active reserve combined was back and forth. I'm weaving in and out of NASA, leaving, had the very fortune of great, great employers at NASA who allowed me to go on extended uh, tours, uh, particularly deployments. So I was going in and out of active duty and reserve constantly, um, uh, you know, leaving family for long spins and, and going on ship deployments, as well as then ground deployments from Iraq and Afghanistan. And it was really, the story is, uh, if, you'll, if you'll bear with me, which is, when I was, since I was six, I wanted to be an astronaut. That was my life's dream, my life's purpose. I mean, every kid has made something similar, you know, they want to be a firefighter or a medic or uh, a, a police officer or an astronaut. And then it, tomorrow it changes, right? Every day the kids change their mind. I was stubborn enough, which I still am. I have three brain cells because I like odd numbers to break tiebreakers, but I was stubborn. That was the one thing I always was. When I made my mind up, you better get out of the way, either help me or move out of the way. It's one or the other. And I was committed to doing everything possible. I did research after research after research on trying to chart a path from where I was to astronaut. And I, I, look, I researched every historical astronaut in, in history, uh, you know, charted out their journey, tried to look for patterns and consistencies. And guess what I found? It was, it, there was nothing there. There was no roadmap, still doesn't exist. Well, I said, well, I'm going to make my own. So I kept pursuing that path. Eventually, I was very grateful to work at NASA for 20 years. And along the way, of course, continued to keep my passion alive. Uh, I was part of the uh, 2003 also the, the uh, space shuttle Columbia accident investigation team, uh, very fortunate uh, honor is what I call to be part of that team. Uh, still committed to be an astronaut, but I also have this military side. So um, as a reservist, it was my time to go to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. So I did that first deployment, come back. That's really where I started to, 
to change my mindset. Um, I went through some some experiences where uh, I almost didn't come home, and that made me realize for the first time that maybe I was put on this earth for something bigger, bigger than being an astronaut. And I was it was an uncomfortable feeling because I had devoted my life to being an astronaut uh, or pursuing that dream at least. And uh, I came back, did a lot of self reflection, uh, you know, having some of those experiences that I had, and um, a lot of my fellow uh, brothers and sisters did not come back. So really wanted to think about what is that big thing? And I didn't know what it was. So I went to Af- Afghanistan a year later, uh, this time with Special Forces, uh, had some similar experiences. Halfway through that deployment, I got this email of a lifetime, which would have been a phone call in the US, is I made it to the final round of astronaut interviews uh, for that year. I made this amazing eight-day journey from a combat to a interview of your lifetime and then back to combat zone. It was uh, quite the chapter of a, of a book when I write it uh, eventually. I didn't make it, of course, but I was fortunate to have gotten to that final point. And what I realized going through that interview process, you know, it's the first time I got a chance to see behind the curtain, all this research I had done. What I discovered was great people, process hadn't changed in five decades. It was outdated, irrelevant. And it was just antiquated. It was unbelievable, uh, full of inequities. Um, it's just really sad and unfortunate. So I was angered. I, was, I had to channel, channel, channel this, uh, this passion and this, uh, this uh, fire that I had to something that I wanted to go solve. And uh, parallel to all that, I've actually always loved to talk to kids, whether it was a, my NASA hat on or Navy hat on. I love to talk to elementary kids and high school kids, middle school kids. And I've, every time I t- talk to them, Justin, have the amazing kids, their eyeballs open up and they say, I say, you know what? You can be uh, an officer in the Navy too. You can be an engineer at NASA, for example. And they say, oh, no, no, not me. You don't know my background. You don't know where's, you know, this, I'm on the different side of the tracks. And then, then it's amazing what kids are conditioned, unfortunately, to think. And I'm thinking, hey, if this kid can do it from San Francisco, grew up in, you know, in the, not the best part of San Francisco, you can too. They just need help. They need help. And so I was always passionate about lifting kids and telling them that they too can do it. It's a hard work. Right? No magic pill of success. It's hard work. And so as I come back from Afghanistan, is when I really in earnest started to think of what is that thing that I, that I want to go do that's beyond being an astronaut, bigger, bigger than that even. And I talked to actually, believe it or not, got connected to lots of great veteran entrepreneur communities in Austin and around and nationally. And it's through that interaction with other great dialogues with, with other veterans that I had the aha moment of, of, of student athletes, you know, kids, not only kids in society, but specifically kids that want to do bigger things with themselves in their time. And, and this niche of kids in society are student athletes. And guess what? The closest community uh, in, civil, in, in the civil side uh, to in society to the to military are as athletes, right? Team Vision Package. They have the closest sort of resemblance to the military. So there was a natural connection to me because I wanted to have that, that military connection still. And, uh, and so there began my journey of, uh, of Athlete Foundry. Sorry for that. A little bit of a longer story there. <laughs> I love that. I love how that tracks in the behind the scenes look you got at NASA and just seeing, you know, a, a decade out of date, you know, multi-decade out of date process. And I also like that parallel of, of the military to athletes and the value there. It's interesting because for me, when I first started Beyond the Uniform, I actually started by looking at LinkedIn and my desire was like, oh, there's so many, there's so much data on LinkedIn. There should be a way to plot out pathways and say, you know, what percentage of people that go on to do X went to get whatever degree first and how to like, and it became too expensive to look into that. But I, I just, I like this thought of like, I can relate to that hunger to say, look, of course you can do anything. You can kind of off-road, but what do people usually do? If they want to be an astronaut, how do they get there? If they want to be a collegiate athlete, what do they do there? And I love this thought of, of 
road mapping that for people and and taking the mystery out of it. So so how does it work if when someone works with that athlete foundry, what's that process look like? Yeah, we really wanted to take all the guesswork out of the other hands and to reveal this 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 mystery of that people don't know. As I said, 80% of parents don't know. So we wanted to, to uh, not only provide them a roadmap, but a very comprehensive roadmap um, that is uh, not just basic, but advanced level, but also helps them as parents. We should all be worried about and concerned about our kids' future beyond athletics. So we had to bring that piece. We couldn't just focus on athletic dimension, right? That, that one dimension is lopsided. It had to be uh, connected with the other uh, elements of, of the human development process. So we charted this out, just like you said. I love that LinkedIn idea. I had the same one, by the way. So, you know, charting this out carefully after years of research, lots and lots of research, hundreds of interviews, and it really boiled down to understanding that workflow, that path that they took holistically. But you, and then, and I should say that the Athlete Foundry is designed with lots of military concepts built inside the company and the product because that's who I am. And we, we do planning pretty good um, in the military. And so we do, we plan, you know, to the nth degree. And so what do we do? We look at the end state. What's our end goal? How do we achieve that end goal? And then I break it down into basic fundamental blocks and reverse plan that backward as many years as we want. In our case, we go back as far as sixth grade. So there you go. You look at the end state, break it down into its fundamentals reverse it plan, reverse plan it all the way back to sixth grade. And then we put that into motion through a cloud-based platform that then it puts it in the parents and the student athletes, both uh, are operators of the platform that then we guide them semester by semester through a very carefully designed step-by-step process that they can sit down together. Uh, parents can learn a little bit more of the process themselves through this. We have video tutorial that goes through step-by-step that really educates them on uh, not missing a step. You know, we've interviewed, like I said, hundreds of parents. Lots of parents have said, Casey, man, I I didn't know this one step or I forgot this one step. No one told me about this one thing. And that's all it took to deviate their child's future. And the parents feel so bad when they they tell me this. And I just, I wish I knew, I wish I knew, I wish I knew. We've taken that wish I knew out of their heads now and put it into the platform. So now it's truly about just getting after it. And that's what we do is that platform. That's just the beginning. There's a lot of other uh, elements of data tracking in the platform that we have uh, across the athletic, academic, human pillars, uh, NCAA eligibility. We help them make sure they don't miss that because that can be devastating as well. And a, we have a pretty big college planning section as well uh, on the platform. Are, are there any common mistakes or misconceptions you've seen with parents like that you see kind of pop up over and over again that they don't understand about either the process or how to support their child in, in reaching these ambitions? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. There's probably two or three big ones that I can share. One is um, the preponderance, the, the vast majority of parents still today, the same 80% that don't know the steps are the ones that say, I- I'm going to, it's too early, I'm going to wait till 11th grade. 11th grade is 10th, 11th is about when I should really start to engage. And guess what? That's average thinking. That's everybody else. And guess what else those parents do when they engage in 10th, 11th grade? They're all of a sudden catch-up mode. Oh my gosh, I wish I had known this. I wish I had started earlier. Every parent says, I wish I started earlier because they they wait, they procrastinate. And, and do you want to be average thinking or, or ahead of average? So that's the one is they delay because that's what society has taught them and that's wrong. And the other is they sell their kids short is what we say. I have so many parents I've talked to, especially middle middle school, uh, but even ninth grade and maybe some 10th, but, but uh, parents say, 
my kid has des- expressed this desire and excitement to be a college athlete. You know, they're, man, they work hard, they're committed. But because I, as a parent, feel a number of reasons, the, my kid is too small, too scrawny, too young, uh, it's too early because I'm going to wait till 10th or 11th. All these reasons, they say, because of that, I'm not going to engage in the process and I'm not going to really encourage my child uh, to keep this dream alive. So they basically have sold their kids short. And then we always tell, we, we tell parents, you know, do not sell your kids short. Whatever you do, everyone in the world is going to sell your kids short. You should never sell your kids short. And it's just sad when I have parents that say, and they, you know, well-intentioned, hey, uh, it's just too early. My kid's too small. And guess what? We all grow like balloons between sixth and 12th grade. We grow quickly. I don't know if you've seen the movie um, Karate Kid. So uh, I use that analogy a lot. That The wax on, wax off philosophy absolutely works. It's powerful. That's what we do. We're not saying you need a multi-million dollar gym and, and personal training team. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is take small, consistent, executable steps starting as early as sixth grade will vastly put your ship in a different course down the road. As you already know, tiny amounts of, of, uh, of getting off course will be hugely devastating negative down the road. So those course corrections early are so important. So that's what we aim to do um, early on. I love that phrase, you know, ever in the world will sell your kids short, you know, don't as the parent, don't sell the kids short, like give them every possibility and advantage. And I, I'm a big fan of that book, The Slight Edge. And you know, that's the process you're saying, which is if you start in sixth grade, you don't have to make the 50 degree course correction. You can do one or two degrees and it pays off in that if you're doing it consistently. How does it work with, does, do the parents pay? Is it like a monthly subscription or how, how do you make this into a business? Yeah, so it's a, we are a SaaS model, so subscription as a service. So we have a couple of different models that we uh, actually are evaluating. We've got the standard B2C model, which anyone can come to our website at athletefoundry.com. They can check our pricing. Uh, we give them a different uh, range based on the grade. So sixth grade, we actually give it to them for free, the premium access to for free, because we just want to get their appetite wet and help them understand the journey here. Seventh to eighth grade is $9.99 a month, and then ninth through 12th, which is high school, is $19.99 a month which is, uh, in our opinion, we've done extensive research. Uh, we're not a recruiter that we uh, specifically made that decision five years ago when I started the company. Uh, puts us down a different uh, set of rules for NCAA, which is much more flexible for us because we're not a recruiter. And so uh, the process that we have for, for uh, B2C is the parents come in, sign up, and they can basically just start their journey right away. And, and whether they're even in 11th grade, can you maximize the power of the platform in 11th grade, not as much as, of course, you start in sixth grade, but there is absolute value you can gain it no matter when, right? Better start late than never. We also have a B2B model or, and a B2G model, which is uh, businesses. There's more than one way to get to a parent. We're actually pretty excited about partnering a variety of any type of organization that has employees that have parents, that have student athletes, any any organization out there. Uh, in fact, one of our recent partners that we, uh, we partnered with last year was uh, the largest police officer association in California. So all police officers, we are their partner for all their student athletes. We have lots of school district partners that we uh, have launched with. In fact, uh, we've got the entire U.S. Virgin Islands. Their Department of Education is our partner. We have most recently launched with uh, Leon County uh, in Tallahassee. Uh, they're a pretty decent-sized school district. So we have a variety of ones, a variety of models that we're evaluating because we know that there's value in, in getting to the parent in any way uh, possible. Uh, and so we're offering certain packages for the business partners and the school district partners. Because of COVID, I wanted to, I challenged my team and we, we said, we're going to offer last year 10 and this year another 10. 
strategic partnerships with organizations, either school districts or travel teams. And we're going to give our premium platform completely free uh, to them forever, lifetime uh, to that tool zone, but only only to 10 last year, 10 this year. And we've achieved that target. Uh, and we're very excited about those strategic, very forward-leaning organizations who see the vision, understand what we offer and how it's so unique. Uh, and it's actually aligned to the school district's mission because they want to produce kids more holistically developed, ready for the next stage in life. That's what every school district wants to do. So every school district, superintendent, athletic directors, everyone we've, we've presented to have all said, wow, Casey, never seen anything like this. This is so, it's such a no-brainer. And interestingly enough, they've also said, oh, by the way, do you have anything like this for non-student athletes? <laughs> and I said, no, it's, but it's coming. <laughs> so now the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's, it is like a especially at that price point, it's a no-brainer add-on for every, I don't know what they call them anymore in high school, but like the career development type office of like, you know, might as well utilize that. And I'm so happy to hear that these organizations are supporting you and, and supporting their employees and their children. Like what a great way to give back to employees. Like what a great benefit for them. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the, for employees, they spend 60 to 80% of their awake time helping the employer be successful. What does that mean? That means I spend less and less time at home, less and less time with my kids. Imagine the blue collar workers, right? The hardworking middle-class blue workers, first responders, you name it, that work double shifts, long shifts. There's lots of those people across America that just work hard to make ends meet. They don't spend as much time with their kid. Well, what we want to do is help employers thank those employees and say, really thank you for working hard for us. We, you spend less time with your kids. We want to touch your heart, which is your kid. And we want to give you this tool that now lets you, it won't make up for that lost time, but it really helps put you back in the driver's seat for your kid's future. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm wondering, what did you learn in the Navy and in NASA that have helped you on this journey? Uh, probably the biggest thing is planning, is absolutely planning and organizing uh, because uh, you know I've, I've come across... Of course, lots of other startups, a lot of startup books I've read. And, and one of the many common things that I've come across is, the, uh, is that when th as things go fast and when things start to grow, if you haven't done the right work as a company to organize yourself and stay disciplined, even when, it's, when the company's small, it's going to get out of control really fast and it's going to be a, a mess. And that'll be disastrous for ability to, to be a viable productive company really is. And, and you have to stop, right? Most, a lot of stories are people that get to a point and they say, oh my gosh, I wish we had organized ourselves better. So let's have an all stop. We've got to reorganize. And that is very disruptive to the company, to progress and growth. So planning has been probably the key strong point in everything that we do is always stay organized with planning. But the other piece is I like to take the approach, you know, both of my uh, I would say uh, adult jobs have been federal, if you will, NASA and Navy. So lots, I've got 40 plus years of bureaucracies uh, that I'm trying to shake free. <laughs> Bureaucracy is good. Process is good. But the approach that we have to take in, in tech world and startup is speed. But, but we have to be not reckless. And so what I did, you know, in the government, we start a new project. We always slap on bureaucracy first, and then we peel it back a little bit. We need to do the other approach is to not have bureaucracy, but peel it back on as we need that slowly. And that's the approach that I'm taking here with Athlete Foundry. It's so hard to hear that message because, you know, someone in an early stage startup myself, it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying, which is when gas is thrown on the fire, you need to have the structure in place to scale. 
And when you're such a young organization, it's so hard to carve out time for anything, let alone to create structure for something that may not come for a year. So I really respect that diligence on your part and discipline. I, I'm wondering any other advice you'd give. I know a lot of our listeners aspire to, to start something one day. Anything that you'd like to share about your entrepreneurial journey about either a struggle you went through or something you found out along the way of building. You're at five, six years now. So now you're at the fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of people who've made it to this point. What, what advice do you have to aspiring entrepreneurs? I've answered that many times and, and, and I always pause, try to reflect on where do I even start? Because there's just lots of metaphors. You know, I get punched in the face every day. Every day I get punched in the face. And the question is, why do you get up? Why do I get up? Uh, it's been tough on, on um, you know, having been you're a veteran, you know, I always say that uh, as jokingly, half tongue in cheek, is that I'd rather be out in combat getting shot at than, than do another startup. You know, it's that tough. Mentally, uh, emotionally, it's very challenging, especially with a family. I've got three kids. And, uh, you know, it's really, really challenging to not see my kids. Of course, you know, going on deployments, coming back, I don't see them. Well, here I am doing a startup and I don't get to spend as much time because I'm just constantly on the on the grind, but that's what it takes, and it's a team effort without a doubt. I've got an amazing support structure, absolutely. So I would say ensure that you have a, have a, have a very strong support structure, especially in my bride, who's just a rock star, who has undoubtedly supported me from day one and continues to recognizing that it's it's the long view. It's easier said than done. I wish I could just wake up in a year from now and poof, you know, we've got that inflection point, we've hit it, we hit the gas but it just doesn't work that way. And so it does take a little longer than always expected. Um, staying focused and disciplined is, is key. Taking care of your mental well-being is important, it's, uh, which is also easier said than done. There have been some pretty many, many tough times that I've, that I've had, to, had to push through, but I recognize why I do what I do, uh, why I wake up. It's because I know what we're doing. I believe in what we're doing for my kids, my neighbor's kids, your kids, the listener's kids. And there's a true opportunity in the nation to do what we're doing that no one has done before. I, I, people have told us, professionals in education have told us, decades of superintendents have told us, athletic directors have told us. So it, it's it's absolutely true. It's still going to take a little time as the, uh, as a, I guess now, now former Twitter CEO, I was going to say Twitter CEO, just I think just stepped down. So uh, former Twitter CEO said, you know, Twitter is a great overnight success. It only took 10 years. Uh, so... <laughs> We're pretty excited. 2022 is uh, actually a really, we're turning the corner. We're adding some really excellent and exciting automation actually to the platform that's going to be really much more engaging for the for our users to help them along this journey, as well as our my opportunity to head, step on the gas uh, and really accelerate our opportunity to, to reach out to large organizations. Because that's really where I believe our growth is going to come from is, is the, uh, the B2B and the B2G model itself. Uh, so I've learned, you know, I, I, uh, the list of things, I'm sure there's a long list of things I've learned. A lot of them I've learned along the way is that, you know, make assumptions, go test out those assumptions, you know, follow a process that you believe will help you test your hypotheses. Be very scientific about this process and, and quick, but but be very scientific. Don't just throw spaghetti in the wall, assume it's going to stick. Um, and then when tough times come, because they will, don't go into that spaghetti mode of, of trying to scramble and say, oh my gosh, I really got to make up money or revenue. Um, I need to find a quick solution, right? I got to find something quick. Um, if you go down that rabbit hole, it may be hard to come back out of that rabbit hole. You've got to stick to your guns, stay the course. Um, and and, and uh, eventually, um, you know, it's easier said than done. Like I said, a lot of people told me, hey, Casey, stay the course. 
it'll come through. Yeah, it's easier for you to say. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that element of patience really comes through. And the phrase that you said, getting punched in the face every day, it's very, you know, very true of my experience. I think very well put. It really underscores for me the value of your very strong why. Like you clearly have a very big purpose driving you, which makes it easier to get punched in the face and keep going and not and not throw in the towel. So I really like that example of how this meaningful impact on the world can help you be patient and can help you endure trauma on a daily basis. You had said about, you know, reading a book, is there any resources you would recommend any books that you've read that have really impacted you or things that you would recommend to listeners? You know, there's two books that certainly come to my mind. Running Lean is one of them. That's the very first book, in fact, that really began my journey. For those in the startup world, certainly have heard of uh, authors of the like of Steve Blank and others that have started the lean startup process, the lean startup method and the movement. A particular author that sort of took a version of that is actually an Austin uh, entrepreneur, wrote the book Running Lean, great, great uh, individual. Uh, I loved his scientific process that simplified it and just let you speed, uh, test out hypotheses with speed. And I use that throughout my journey from the beginning, step by step. It is pretty, very, very powerful, easy read, uh, highly recommend that book. The other is The Founder's Dilemma. That's a much thicker read. It's dense, but chock full of unbelievable information that really helps any starter, starting team or founder really try to understand the bigger picture down the road of how do you want to set up your team, the equity split, understanding all those things that can cause drama and and unnecessary distractions, because that's going to happen in a, in, a, in a team, in a startup, is at the end of the day, we have a great vision, but we all have to understand what roles are, and we have to understand who gets what piece of the pie, because we're humans and we are interested in those things of, of, of ownership. He really lays it all out there. So those two books, I would absolutely still do. They're on my shelves uh, that I often refer to, Running Lean and, the, and Founder's Dilemma. For listeners, I'll uh, I'll add both of those books, uh, Running Lean, Founder's Dilemma. I'll include links to those in the show notes at beyondtheuniform.org. If listeners are really excited about your mission and would love to support you in some way, what's the way in which they could do that? Right now, we just ask that you please follow our social media pages, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We aren't uh, at a point where we are taking, of course, any, uh, any donations or anything, but uh, we're doing great. We're moving, making progress. I would say follow us, but also... If you happen to have a family that you care about, you know, relatives, uh, neighbors, friends that have student athletes, even if they think they got it figured out, guess what? They probably don't have it figured out. I'm pretty confident about that. Please help them refer them to our to our website, athletefinder.com, because guess what? We give everyone two months free access to the premium platform, completely free. And then if you don't decide to move forward, we still give you free access to the free platform that gives you the access to the roadmap. So you still have the roadmap. You just can't interact with it on the platform. You can't put data in. But what we want to do is, as parents, don't miss a single step. So you can always access the roadmap, and that's completely free. We want to make sure that you at least have that in your fingertips. So happy to check it out. And there's no obligation, of course. It's completely free. No one's going to call you. Don't worry. From a sales perspective, we want you to be feel empowered and comfortable. But also, if you happen to have someone that's in, in a big company, an organization, any kind of company, and, uh, and you're interested to partner with us, we'd love to talk to you. Well, I always like to leave the last question open-ended and that's, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to make sure listeners know before we wrap up? I will say specifically to veterans uh, or those that are transitioning um, that particularly want to start a company, a particular tidbit for them 
lots of veterans I've come across are those transitioning and say, you know, I want to start this. I, I got this great idea. I want to start this company. It's all about planning again. Prepare before you transition. Uh, but the one big thing I, I encourage every veteran to do is, is to strongly consider uh, continue to serve in the reserves. And the big, biggest reason is if you've got a family, you know, the one thing that really you got to take care of is, is your family and the medical. And there's, no one's going to give you medical insurance and coverage, unlike the, unlike the military. And so that gives you, if you're throwing, right, you're throwing the parachute away and you're jumping off the cliff on, on the startup, which we all have to, what's your safety net? You know, you've, you've got to take care of your family. And that's the one thing I encourage every veteran uh, or soon to be veteran is to uh, consider where you're going to take care of your family and make sure you have that plan lock solid because the seas ahead are going to be rough. You're going to prevail and go through them, but they're going to be rough. And, uh, you know, it's, we, we all that have deployed have no problem, right? We've gone through some pretty tough stuff with deployments, but it's on, I'm on my own. I'm with others like me. It's cool. No problem. But when it's your family, it's not so much, right? You don't, you don't want to put them through that. So please uh, just be mindful of that is what I encourage every uh, service member that's transitioning and, and interested in doing a startup. I'm also more than happy to help any, uh, any veteran or military that's listening, service member that wants to transition, wants to talk startups. Uh, I'm more than happy to, to engage. Uh, and please feel free to uh, contact me at, at uh, my email, which is kc at athletefoundry.com. Uh, that's K, uh, letter K, letter C at athletefoundry.com and uh, more than happy to, to help any, uh, any of you. Awesome. Well, Casey, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. For listeners, again, that's athletefoundry.com. You can follow them on social media there as well. Uh, and Casey, I really appreciate your advice today. Oh, thank you, Justin. It's been an honor. I really appreciate the opportunity. Surface, surface, surface. <laughs> Beyond the Uniform is written and produced by me, Justin Asiri, with the help from our Chief of Staff, Steve Bain, our Editor, Lex Brown, and our Head of Social Media, Janelle Hanf. We are an all-volunteer organization and would greatly appreciate your help in any of the following ways. First of all, spread the word. Beyond the Uniform has over 380 podcast episodes and 15 on-demand webinars, all offered for free. Help us spread the word on social media, at military bases, or whatever gets this resource in front of the men and women who need it. Positive reviews on iTunes go a long way towards this as well. Second of all, sponsorship. Beyond the Uniform relies on sponsorship to keep us going. There is so much more we'd like to do, but just don't have nearly the resources to do it. If you know of a company that would advertise in any way with Beyond the Uniform, please send them our way. Third of all, donations. If you're in a financial position to donate, you can find more information on the support section of our website. At our website, beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find over 380 episodes categorized by industry, functional role, and more. You'll also find both free and for purchase resources that take a deeper dive on topics related to career growth. Thank you for your support as we aim to help members of the military and their families thrive in their post-military career in life.